1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTmobile.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studio. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the Free Odyssey app. I'm
2: going to tell you something that you all should know. Chicago is the greatest place I ever know. I'm going to stay in this town. I'm going to live in this town. I'm going to live in Chicago today.
3: And socks are off for the winter, but inside the clubhouse starts the hot stove discussion. Now, David and Bruce take a look at which free agents and trades the Cubs and Sox should explore. Will Jose Abreu be back on the South Side? Will Wrigley Field be the next home for Aaron Judge or Trey Turner? Does Wilson Contreras as a Cardinal make sense? You help them make the call. 312, 644, 6767.
1: Mark shot fair inside the bag, down the line, headed to the corner, hugging the sidewall deep into the corner.
4: That'll allow Escobar to come on in. Turner legging for three. He slides in with his third triple of the year. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6 7 to score. Thank you to SportsNet LA for that Trey Turner triple highlight because Trey Turner is the player we're asking whether or not he is Chicago bound, One of our favorite segments here on inside the clubhouse each and every week as we talk baseball from nine to 11, 52 Saturday mornings a year waiting to connect possibly with Greg Maddox. We'll wait and see if we can do that with mad dog, but Bruce Trey Turner, Chicago bound. I doubt it. I know you like it. I can't see it happening based on the rumors. Why do you, why do you want Trey Turner in a Cub uniform so badly? Well, he's the only
5: shortstop among the group that is a franchise changer all in one. Okay, David? So here's a guy that it's 25 home runs, that hits 300, that steals 25 bases, that can play an all-star shortstop, an all-star second base, an all-star center field. He is a guy that jumpstarts your offense every day, solidifies your defense every day. Clearly, I mean, those other three players are outstanding shortstops, but nobody does what Trey Turner does for a team. So any team that gets Trey Turner is automatically a better team, a more contending team, and a team on their way to a championship. He has a myriad of different playoff experiences uh, with teams playing on a world championship team, playing on numerous playoff teams. To me, he is the guy you spend the $40 million on for the next seven or eight years. That's where before, your money goes.
4: Before I respond to that, I want to uh, let everybody know who's watching with their volume down, their television sets. <laughs> The U.S. and the Netherlands underway in the second half, still trailing 2-0, so it is no Dutch treat for soccer fans in America right now. Um, back to baseball, Bruce. I understand the value of a trade Turner, but let me try to quickly explain my logic here. Number one, the Phillies, the Padres, and maybe even the Dodgers are all teams that feel like, it feels to me they are ahead of the Cubs in line for Trey Turner services. So it tells me that, He's one of these guys that is valuable, as you point out, but is going to be the classic overpayment in free agency. And if you're going to classically overpay, I'm more willing to want to make that that leap of faith, if you will, for a guy like Carlos Correa, who I think is the ideal fit for this market in this team at this time. So that's my number one. And second on that list, I find myself kind of talked into this possibility, the more that John Heyman, our guy, mentioned Dansby Swanson as a potential cub in free agency. I think he could be more affordable and also be a better investment because you're not going to have to overpay as much for Dansby Swanson, who with Nico Horner, to me, Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner give you a dynamic, young, double play combination up the middle at Wrigley Field for the next four to six years that you could get excited about.
5: Yeah, I, I mean Swanson's a very good player, but I don't think he has the impact uh, that the first two guys that you mentioned. Okay, I, I'm looking for an impact player. I'm also looking for a guy who other players look at uh, down the road here the next couple years and go, "That's where I want to go play. I, I want to go play there." They put their money where their mouth is. They have the best shortstop in baseball, and he and we. This is where I want to play. Because they are serious about building a world championship. Right now, you have to overpay a little bit, David, to get people's attention to come back. We saw it with the Chicago Cubs back in 2014 and 2015. What did they do in that off season? You know, they 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 signed John Lester. Okay, they signed Joe Madden to be their manager. They got people's attention. What what happened the next What happened the next year? free agent-wise, Ben Zobrist, John Lackey, uh, Jason Hayward, all a huge part of that championship team. So it's a progression. Do the Cubs win automatically if they sign a Trey Turner? Uh, Do they become a world championship team in 2023? Probably not, okay? Probably not. But does that set the groundwork for the next championship-level team with all the young players coming up? and starting to to, uh, to to make it to Wrigley Field from their farm system.
4: I think you could make that argument, and I, and I don't want to push back too, too much on the Trey Turner idea because, look, I would be happy with Trey Turner if the Cubs sign him on Monday or next week or whenever because I think he's one of those four. And, Bruce, tell me, true or false, the Cubs offseason will be a disappointment if they are unable to sign one of the four high-profile shortstops in free agency
5: that's a great question i would say yes
4: i would say, I, I would yes. say true that it will be a disappointment yeah. to me and i think most Cub fans would look at it the yeah. same way and if you disagree 312 644 67 67 you got to get one of those guys
5: i i you know again
4: you're going and you're shopping brands okay
5: you're shopping the four top brands at shortstop you know will will the Will there be a difference if you settle for one or the other uh, if, if the others are off the chart? I, I just think you make one a priority and you go for it. Now, last November, I reported that the Cubs were um, presenting an offer to Carlos Correa. And they, they did have conversations with Correa in his camp. Correa confirmed it over the uh, summer when I talked to him. And he said, well, frankly, you know, the Cubs weren't going to be a priority for me because of the fact that they were really not ready to win. So when you hear that from one of the top players in the game and you, you go a year later, does Correa have a different opinion of the Cubs going this time around as far as where they're at and how far they are as, as close to getting to a championship team?
4: Well, my first reaction to that is they are closer than they were a year ago, and you look at their young pitching core, and you look at their uh, commitment publicly to spend, and I think you could justify saying yes, whether you're Carlos Correa, uh, a sports talk radio host, or a fan who sits in the bleachers. The Cubs clearly are in a better position now to win than they were a year ago. My, my question would be also, Bruce, do you think that Carlos Correa is the only one of those four free agents looking at it that way in that are they ready to win and evaluating some of the non-financial considerations because free agency to me always comes down to, well, you'll justify a lot of things if you are, are are signing the the contract that was the highest offer. And Correa certainly didn't necessarily do that with the twins. He signed the most creative offer, but I, I, it was the highest AAV in baseball last year. Okay, so why didn't he have those concerns with the Twins if they were ready to win? Because it sounds like it was with the Cubs a cop-out then because he did go to the he, – he, he went where the money was. And I think free agents tend to do that more than anything. So if you're the Cubs, make them a deal they can't refuse. Right.
5: Well, you know, again, uh, Correa really, in, in essence, was just signing a one-year contract, okay, uh, because he had an out afterwards. I think Minnesota knew if they got everything out of him that they wanted to, he was going to be gone. If he had a bad year, let's say he was he only played 60 games and he hit 240, I you know I don't know what his free agent uh, year is going to look like. He still missed 25 games last year, David. That's the key with Correa is what are you really getting here? Are you really getting yourself an everyday shortstop for the next eight years, or are you getting a guy that you're going to always have to have a backup with? So from from that perspective, I, I, I like Turner better. I, I, just, I just like the idea that if you're going to spend this kind of money, spend it on the guy that, that has the greater impact. I think Correa is a terrific player. And when he's out there, he is certainly a, a guy that can help you win. I just don't know how long you can project him with that chronic back issue to be a, 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 a shortstop that's going to play 130, 140
4: games every year. So let's go from the theoretical to the practical, Bruce. When you talk about Trey Turner, Dave Dombrowski in Philadelphia, we know how aggressive he is. We saw the headlines earlier in the week linking the Phillies to Trey Turner and being aggressive in their pursuit. We also saw, I think it was Friday afternoon, the Padres who are well-stocked with talent and loaded with guys who they want to mix and match and who can play where and they're talking with Trey Turner. You can't count the Dodgers out, I believe, even though there seems to be an understanding or a belief that Trey Turner would like to move east. Do you think that you can envision, knowing what you know from reporting, from talking to people, that the Cubs would have any chance with, with teams involved that are probably further along in this process than they seem to be?
5: Yeah, I, uh, when people say further along, and, and it's a fair evaluation that you make, David, uh, you you have to start somewhere, don't you? I mean, who's the who is the star player on the Cubs right now?
4: The Cubs they lack star power. That's that's my point about Correa. But Turner would be their Turner would be their star player. The the free agent signing to be named later will be the Cubs star on Opening Day 2023, right? Right.
5: Yeah, so uh, you know, again, uh, you don't want it to just be Bellinger, right? I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. you're that you're throwing way too much emphasis in a guy that hasn't hit the last two years. He could be that guy, but that has to be your Plan B as far as uh, star power. You can't look at him as star power, star power right now. You have to look at him as he could be a star for us, but. We can't put all our chips on something like that.
4: Ian Happ, grinder, Suzuki, uh, run producer, a good fielder. You know, Nico Horner, grinder. He'll have a, have good metrics, but I don't think he's a superstar. You look at your pitching rotation. Marcus Stroman, the Stro show. We all love a good Stro show, but he's too inconsistent to call him a star going into next year. Your star, your your most potent, your, your biggest in your organization potential star is probably in the minor leagues right now and not at the Major League level. So go out and sign one of those guys because, you know what, you do have a TV station. You do have box office attraction. You do have Wrigley Field. Go find a star, Chicago Cubs. That's what this offseason should be all about. I'm with you, David,
5: 100%. Let's uh, go get the uh, checkbook that Mr. Ricketts has and uh, start writing some checks out.
4: All right, and let's go out to the phone lines as the U.S. continues to trail 2-0 to the Netherlands, now in the 57th minute. So as you watch on your television sets without the volume and you listen to us on the radio go out to the score listener line powered by betql bet smarter beat the books download the betql app today or visit betql.com and let's start the show or not the show let's start the callers with john who's in logan square good morning john welcome inside the clubhouse
0: hey good morning guys thanks for taking the call I'm, um, I'm a, little su- a little surprised by the, the, the negativity or the doubt uh, that's, that's out there about the Cubs' ability to go out and sign major free agents, uh, as, as well as Jed's, um, you know, the rhetoric that he's using. He, these guys are sly. They're not going to tell you what they're going to do, they're not going to tell you they're going to go out and spend other money, right? They've they they've shown in the past they'll go out and get John Lester's, they'll go get you, Darvish's, Jason Haywards, they'll trade for Chapman. They'll, they're bold, and they're, they'll take risks. And I have complete faith that if they'll get one of the shortstops, they'll probably get a top second baseman, or they may not even need one. But if they can get a Nemo or a Kiermaier, um, a Benintendi, there's, there's a lot of guys out there. And so I, I have complete faith that they can – and with the money they have available, they'll spend it. So I, I, I'm just – I'm a little troubled by the doubt. And it doesn't surprise me if these are Cubs fans. But, but you know, I would I, I like a little more positivity here and faith in the organization.
4: All right, fair enough. That's that's an interesting phone call. John, Bruce, do you sense skepticism surrounding Jed Hoyer's ability to land the big one? Uh, no. I, I believe the
5: Chicago Cubs are a big market team. I believe that they want to be world champions again, David. So I don't think this is a, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're just making it up. I, I just believe that um, – You know, from the perspective of when to jump in with the money, Jed did not feel last year was the time to do it. I get it. I I understand. But from my perspective, now is the time, okay? You have a full year of full economics and full money coming into the coffers in 2022 for all 30 major league teams. You're going to see more activity, as you've already seen already, and more spending you've ever seen this might be one of the most uh, prolific times for trades and free agents uh the last 20 years in baseball this next three or four days so from that perspective the cubs are ready to go Um, i I do like the idea that the cubs want to be intelligent about spending money but david there's nothing intelligent about spending $350 350 million dollars in 10 years on any player in the history of the game, okay? Tell me how many of those contracts have
4: worked out. Well, it's hard to find one, Bruce, to be honest with you. Until okay. you well, I'll tell you what, well, okay. All right, you know one comes to mind. Bryce Harper's not such a bad deal. To be honest with you, yeah, he, he uh, had but, the swing of his life. I don't know if you were watching in October that's, that's or November. Four
5: years in. That's four years
4: in, David. Okay. You asked me a question. I gave you an answer. I asked. And the no, no. I correct. mean,
5: look, uh, look. Uh, you're you're right. But, but is it going to be worth it over ten years?
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
5: So from my perspective is the owner and the general manager or the president of the team talks them into the fact of, hey, we're going to win in the next three, four, five years. He's going to be a cornerstone for us winning. Forget it about the last five years. Okay. You know, we'll, i I'll we'll tell you what, Bruce. Our, we'll be in our second rebuild by that time.
4: We're going to squeeze in a phone call, but I want to answer that question on the – First Saturday in December, 2028. I cannot wait. I'm preparing my answer now. Let's go to Gary near Huntley. Morning, Gary. Welcome inside the clubhouse. How you guys
0: doing? Good. I, I might be I – like, I agree the Cubs need to get one of those four premier shortstops. I might be satisfied with Dansby Swanson. He's probably the, the cheapest of the four, and that would allow you to get other much-needed players because Cubs have a lot of holes to fill. That would allow you to get Josh Bell – um, Bellinger, Dasquez, the, the catcher, and maybe the Japanese pitcher. So I don't think they're one player away, and I think uh, maybe uh, Swanson and a few of those other guys would be the good way to go.
4: Thanks, Gary. Appreciate the phone call. Bruce with Dan yeah, Swanson. I, I, the more I look, the more I like.
5: I, you know what? Uh, when I go to the dance, I look to dance with the the, the best-looking woman that's there, okay? Uh Choices two, three, and four—they're—they're they're not on my mind when I'm. Bruce playing, when I, Dansby on the Swanson courtyard. has a
4: tremendous personality. Okay, but is he a good dancer? Well, let's find out. I, <laughs> you can't—you—you can not can't be left without a dance partner. Put it that way, and I fear the Cubs are closer to I, that you know, than I they think, are to I, getting somebody to dance I, with.
5: I—I am one that believes you can. I believe you redirect to another area. If you can't get the shortstop that you want, let Horner play there, get a second baseman, and spend your money on some pitching.
4: Fair enough. That sounds like a reasonable plan as well. I I think that looking forward to seeing what this next week holds because I agree with you, the next three to four days could be full of activity, not like we've never seen before, but certainly what we we hope to – uh, seeing you wonder how much the, the Grom deal will kickstart some other signings and maybe some other trades. The Cubs and White Sox hopefully will be at the forefront or right in the thick of it in San Diego at the winter meetings. All right, Bruce, so we have lined up our rotation, and we have Greg Maddox back in the middle of it, and we will talk to the Hall of Famer next on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy to the score.
3: And there it is. LaTroy Hawkins puts the finishing touch to get Greg Maddox his 300th career win. The 22nd pitcher in the history of baseball to collect 300 wins in a career.
4: Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock And it's time now to go out to our guest hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook. That's where we find... He won 355 games in 23 seasons and four Cy Young Awards. His name is Greg Maddox. Greg, thank you for joining inside the clubhouse. How are you this morning?
3: I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
4: Let's start with what uh, is, is the big news in Major League Baseball besides the winter meetings that begin uh, off the field. Tomorrow, the Contemporary Baseball Era Players Committee will meet for the first time. You are one of 16 members appointed by Major League Baseball. There's some other very interesting Chicago-related names and, and people involved, Theo Epstein, Frank Thomas, uh, as well as a few other guys. Who's, who, Ryan Sandberg is, is on the list. How did you get involved yeah. in this, and what has the process been like?
3: Well, Kenny Williams is also on that list, too. He's got some Chicago ties as well. So yes, uh Danny too you know, uh, just got invited. You know, they uh, usually pick, uh, I think there's eight Hall of Famers that are going to be voting, and uh, they spread it around every other year for the guys to come back and, and try to see if the uh, writers missed putting somebody in the Hall of Fame that probably should have been in there.
5: Greg, uh, pleasure having you on, and, and thanks for taking the time out. I know uh, your, your golf tee time is suffering this morning because you're coming on the show, so thanks a lot for that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. First and foremost, uh, what are you willing to share about your thoughts about this process? I know it's a, it's a committee, you know, you, you're, you have uh, your own thoughts about votes and things like that. But when you look at the era that you played in and some of these guys played in and knowing that, you know, steroids were involved, how do you slice and dice it when you look at some of these great players that you have to vote on, uh, like a Clemens, like a Bonds, and try and figure out what was real, what wasn't, and how do you decide whether to vote for them or not?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, that's going to be the debate, I think, tomorrow when we all sit down and and talk about it. I think uh, it'll be interesting to hear some of the other players and, GM's perspective and the, the the historians will be in there as well. Uh, and uh, uh, that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow and just figure out like, you know, I mean, were these guys good enough players before they took steroids or were they only good players because of the steroids? So I think that's going to be a, a big topic of, of the discussion and uh, we'll kind of see where it leads.
4: So Greg, we're talking about guys like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, uh, Rafael Palmero, Kurt Schilling; those are four of the eight names on the list, along with Albert Bell, Don Mattingly, Fred McGriff, McGiff- and Dale Murphy. And I'm wondering, when I say some of those names, baseball fans in our audience are like already reacting because they can be very polarizing. The opinions you have on, on players. How how difficult do you think it will be to get 16 guys in in the room who don't have preconceptions and can think with and, and vote with an open mind as they hear the the discussion that that goes on when each player comes up
3: well i know when i did it a couple years ago i changed my mind when i was inside the meeting you know i think you you hear some of the people that were teammates or or general managers talk about their players uh you can you can flip your mind around a little bit in those things so uh uh you know uh, you are kind of predetermined before you go in there. I mean, we, we've been reading the information for the last week or two, and, and uh, uh, I'm trying to keep an open mind. You know, I, I, I know the guys that uh, I feel should or shouldn't be in there, and it's just a matter of uh, keeping an open mind, and maybe somebody will say something that might flip you.
5: Greg Maddox, our guest on Inside the Clubhouse for a few more minutes on a Saturday morning uh, When you look at the winter meeting starting, Greg, my mind always goes back to uh, 1992 and uh, those winter meetings, you're coming off of a Cy Young Award. Uh, The Cubs had made you uh, an offer uh, sometime that summer for $25 million. Uh, They basically gave you a take it or leave it. Uh, The attitude wasn't the greatest in the world. I remember, you know, looking at the whole situation and go, well, $25 million is a lot of money, but, uh, you know, when you're telling one of the great pitchers, young pitchers in the game, take it or leave it, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. What do you remember about those meetings in Louisville and uh, the ultimate outcome where you ended up uh, not taking the highest offer, not, not coming back to the Cubs, but going to the Atlanta Braves?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I remember uh, – what I remember most is before my six years started, I was offered – I think it was $24 million, I believe, at the time. And I had accepted it a week later, and then because I didn't accept it on time, they took the offer off the table. And then at the All-Star break, they made me the exact same offer. And, uh, you know, I'd already played another half season – And I made the all-star team and I thought the offer was a little low then, you know, being closer to free agency. And then, you know, as it turned out, uh, you know, I ended up going to Atlanta. Uh, Your mind changes over time. I decided I wanted uh, a better chance to win and and pitch in a World Series. And, you know, that's kind of how all that happened. But uh, uh, that was a long time ago. And... You know, it all worked out good.
4: Greg Maddox is our guest on Inside the Clubhouse. As we've been talking to Greg, the U.S. scored to make it 2-1 to one in the World Cup in the 77th minute. Greg, when you talk about what is going on now with the winter meetings tomorrow in San Diego, a big free agent news overnight, curious what your perception and reaction was to Jacob DeGrom, who is a tremendous pitcher. Nobody disputes that. Five years, $185 million, a free agent deal with the Texas Rangers. Jacob DeGrom has started 38 games in the last three seasons because of injuries. And yet he gets a five-year contract at the age of 34. What was your reaction to that?
3: I was excited. You know, uh, my brother just took the job in Texas. So for him to get a pitcher like that, it it kind of fires (laughs) me up a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully he can stay healthy. There's no question when healthy he's, you know, in my opinion, the best in the game. And, uh, uh, congratulations to him, you know Chris Young for making that signing, and uh, hopefully my brother can help him out a little bit as well. But I think it's great,
5: Greg. When you you look at Major League Baseball now, and I know you and I uh, exchange texts once in a while, and you you still keep up with the game, and you were a uh, pitching coach with the uh, 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 Les, you know the Las Vegas uh, College when you when your son was there, UNLV. Uh, so from from that perspective he's out of school now he's in he's working out there what are your what are your thoughts about getting back into baseball at all at all I know you like retirement I know you like golfing whenever you want to Uh, I know you like your life but is baseball in the future for you would you come back to professional baseball in any capacity
3: uh no I'm full blown retired you know uh, I I still enjoy the game I'm 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 looking forward to the rule changes next year I really like the shot clock they're putting on the pitchers uh you know the bigger bases and then no shifts we'll see how all that plays out uh the then the, the Netherlands just scored again unfortunately I don't know if you guys are keeping an eye yes, on that Yes,
4: three to one, one now in out. the eighty yeah, eighty minute yeah that was kind of break. a bad
3: break right there. But, yeah, you know, I, I enjoy retirement, and uh, I'm just a fan now. I'll watch the games. I don't watch them every night, but I'll watch a game occasionally. And uh, I still like baseball, just I don't really want to be too involved with it right now.
4: Greg, can I have some advice? Because I'm a Hall of Fame voter. Bruce is the Hall of Fame voter. And, and names come up every year. And I think that my mind changes in how I evaluate what they accomplish. Guys like it specifically. Mark Burley on the ballot. John Lester will be, and I think that the longer we watch baseball, the longer I'm an observer, the more I respect durability, consistency. Guys who took the ball every fifth day and gave you 200 innings a year, and even though their numbers may not be where you know maybe yours were, for instance, as a point of comparison, but they're very solid. And as it, does it make sense that as time goes on, that those guys' candidacies to to enter. Cooperstown and be enshrined increase because of the respect we may have for what they were able to do that we might not have had at the time?
3: Uh, Absolutely. You know, I think uh, the, the the one thing you have to keep in mind is it's supposed to be the top 1%. Okay. So there's, there's a lot of very good players that maybe they're not in the top 1% and uh, the hall of fame is supposed to be for the top 1%. And I think over time, uh, that gap gets a little bit wider for some guys, and uh, you know, I just try to keep that perspective. Is this guy a one percenter? You know, and and was he the best guy on his team? You know, if if you probably weren't the best guy on your team, then you're probably not a one percenter. And uh, I know there are exceptions. You know, you got like me, and Smolty. That we're all on the same team together and played together, and uh, it, it does happen. But uh, at the same time, you have to uh, keep that in mind that it's meant to be the top 1% of the players in the game should be elected.
5: Does Greg Maddox ever think about how he would do in this era? And I'll preface that, uh, Mad Dog, by saying you cha- you had to change your style just like every pitcher did to uh, stay viable. You came into the game uh, throwing 94, 95, and you, were, you had to adjust initially to – uh, not just trying to throw fastballs by people because you were able to do it in the minor leagues. Eventually, the strike zone changed in the uh, late '90s, and uh, the the width of the strike zone had changed. Uh, you had a change at that point. How do you think you would adjust now to the uh, the uppercut swinging of uh, the hitters right now, and the uh, and the difference in uh, the game that it's played right now? You ever you ever analyze where you would be at? Um, pitching in this era
3: Uh, I just know that I would probably try to take advantage of the high strike you know if we get it seems like we got you know an extra two or three inches outside or or off the plate Uh, now they're getting about a foot and a half up in the strike zone so I think uh, I would definitely try to take advantage of the high strike uh, that's something we didn't have when we played. You know, if we threw it belt high, it was a ball. If you throw it belt high now, it, it, it's called a strike every time. And, uh, uh, you know, you always have to pitch according to the strike zone, and you have to be able to pitch out of the strike zone as well. So I think, you know, you'd try to – I think I'd probably just try to adapt to the new strike zone, just kind of like we did when Questec came along and they started take started taking away pitches off the plate. Yeah.
4: Greg, before we let you go, got to get a quick scouting report if you have one. Dansby Swanson is a free agent. Obviously, all those years with the Braves, won a championship, dependable young player, one of the four marquee shortstops available, now linked to the Cubs. If the Cubs were fortunate enough to sign a Dansby Swanson, what would you think?
3: I think it would be great. I I think the guy's a winner. You know, you watch him play, and there's uh, uh, certain guys that just play on winning baseball teams. And I I, I think he's showing that in Atlanta the last couple of years. And I think he'd be a great addition to, to any ball club.
5: Greg, uh, David and I, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, your insight is great. Uh, there's, is there any chance that our station, 670 to Score, could entice you to doing a, a segment once a week? And Do you have any interest in doing any media work? You, you have really never in the past shown any interest in that would you would you find it to be fun once in a while just doing your own show or a podcast
3: i uh, haven't really thought a whole lot about it you know i've always thought i was uh a baseball player and not a media personality you know i think uh uh i know who i am and what i do and and what i'm good at i think uh uh i do a you know i always just consider myself a baseball player and, and, you know, talk is cheap. Go out there and do it and play it and have fun and and let the media do what they do.
5: Well, you're selling yourself short because you're one of the funniest, most fun guys that I've ever known in the game. So uh, with that in mind, keep that in mind. We'll, we'll keep a spot open for you here, Greg, at the score. Thanks again for joining us. Happy holidays uh, to you and your family and good luck in the vote tomorrow night.
3: All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bruce. We'll see you guys.
4: Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Greg Maddox, who is going to be part of the contemporary baseball era players committee, which meets for the first time Sunday uh, to discuss the candidacy for the Hall of Fame for eight former major leaguers that have played uh, since 1980 and been overlooked in the writers portion of the ballot. Some real controversial names. Good to catch up with Greg Maddox and Bruce. When we come back, we'll wrap things up with a look back. And, yes, the U.S. now trails 3-1 to one as our soccer play-by-play guy, Greg Maddox, let listeners know during the course of his interview. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
3: We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. I mean, the, the Cubs are concentrating right now on the shortstop
0: situation. That's really the big story. Obviously, if they get any of those big shortstops, that's huge. And catching, they want to get a catcher. I think Vasquez is the guy that they're talking to. It's apparently not going to be Contreras. Never tried to keep him for whatever reason. I don't know.
4: Uh, and obviously pitching, you know, every team. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio seven. The Score. That was John Heyman from the New York Post and MLB Network on the Mullion Show. I know those guys. Great show every morning, 5.30 to 10. Talking about Dansby Swanson and the Cubs, potentially. Bruce, we talked to Greg Maddox.
2: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward.
1: Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing
4: taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We know
4: the winter meetings start Sunday in San Diego. A lot going on this week, but let's look ahead. Beginning Sunday in San Diego, the winter meetings. Then 7 o'clock tomorrow night, the Contemporary Era Committee will announce whether or not any players will enter the Hall of Fame uh, off their discussions as we heard from Greg Maddox, and also this week amidst all the other flurry of activity that we expect with trades and signings on Wednesday, Steve Stone and Pat Hughes will find out if they are the winners of the Ford Frick Award, which will be announced at the end of the owners at the winter meetings, and um, we uh, wish both men well, who are friends of the show, friends of the program, and, and great, uh, great institutions in Chicago baseball. Absolutely.
5: And, uh, I think, uh, Steve being on the ballot the first time Pat being on for a number of times, I think hopefully it's going to be Pat's time. Uh, Steve is well deserving as well. I hope he, uh, he gets in, but, uh, you know, I think the momentum, you know, having gotten into the Cubs hall of fame and just his, uh, awesome career, I'm, I'm hoping Pat is the guy chosen, uh, for that award. And as, as far as, um, uh, the, uh, the contemporary uh, committee picking out somebody. I think Fred McGriff, Maddox's old uh, teammate, is the guy that's going to get picked here. You know, 493 clean home runs, playing on champions, uh, 917 postseason OPS. Fred McGriff was a winner and uh, should be in the Hall of Fame. I think he gets in. I don't see any of the others making it this time around.
4: I don't either, Bruce, in terms of the uh, the quote-unquote steroid guys because of the composition of the 16-member board, appoint, Hall of Fame board-appointed uh, committee, and Chipper Jones, Maddox, Morris, Jack Morris, Ryan Sandberg, Lee Smith, Frank Thomas, Alan Trammell, then you got Paul Beeston, Theo Webstein Artie Moreno, Kim Inge, Dave St. Peter, and Kenny Williams. So that doesn't sound to me like guys and and women who are going to open the door for the likes of Clemens, Bonds. And Palmero. I just don't see that happening. Maybe I'll be wrong, but we'll find out tomorrow night at 7. I
5: think what Maddox said is uh, compelling, though. He changed his mind the last time he was uh, this committee met, uh, and uh, I think there's going to be an open mind about Bonds and Clemens because most pe- people do believe that they were Hall of Famers way before they started messing around. The problem is, David, when did they start messing around with this stuff? There's no question yeah. as to whether they did it. It's when
4: did they do it. Nobody knows. I'll make a prediction, though, Bruce. You say it will be Fred McGriff. I think it could be several guys. McGriff, Mattingly, and I wouldn't be surprised because he's controversial. He's polarizing, but what Greg Maddox said about having an open mind made me wonder this, is that, is this Kurt Schilling's time? Will he get in because he's somebody who has been controversial in his you know, I, I, failure to be elected to the Hall of Fame in, in previous ballots. We know where he stands on that. So this might be an opportunity. Wouldn't shock me. And by the way, it is a final in Qatar. It's Netherlands 3, U.S. 1. So a compelling, exciting World Cup experience for Team USA ends this morning.
5: David, we have people to thank, including Greg Maddox, the Hall of Famer, joined us on the show as well as... Cole Wright from the Marquee Sports Network great job by Sean Sears again uh, producing this show David it's a lot of fun uh, talking to you people can uh, follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine also on our website 670 the should be an exciting week at the winter meetings coming
4: up here David Bruce thanks for your help because I really appreciate the effort trying to get Greg Maddox as a weekly segment guy that was a great effort on your part and I, didn't, I missed the promotion where you were assistant program director. So congratulations <laughs> on that as well. Thank you, everyone, to, for listening. Thank you, Sean Sears, for keeping us going here. And stay tuned because Saturday Suckage with Steve Rosenblum is next. Back in Mollinghoff, Monday morning at 5.30, talking about Bears, Packers, and many other things. Thanks for listening to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6.70 to score.